This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The pocket that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Sunday evening. Happy Easter, everybody out there. It's official. The Kings know who they're playing in the playoffs. For the first time in 17 years, the Kings are going to be opening up in mid-April with a playoff game? What, what? is this? And guess what? It's big. All eyes on Sacramento. A national audience will see the Kings open up the 2023 NBA playoffs at home against the defending champion Golden State Warriors. That game will be on ABC, 5.30 p.m. on Saturday. Kings and Warriors in the playoffs the same year. For the first time in history, going head to head. How does that sound? How are we doing, Mo? I can't believe that that is a little less than a week away, Mm. and it just what you did there excites the hell out of me. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I. What is this feeling? I don't ever want to forget any of these emotions. I'm so glad we have this all on video. <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride to see how it unfolds. And there are so many storylines to get to that we're going to cover some tonight and throughout the week. We're going to have so much content on our YouTube page as well as the podcast feed from interviews the things that happen at practice. We're going to be live a lot because this is a big deal to have the Kings back in the playoffs. Covering a lot of the NBA during this time, like Deuce is saying, after playing games as well. Obviously, the Kings are way past that. But, you know, we want to make sure we're tracking it all and just having fun with all of you as this journey continues. So the Kings end their regular season with a loss in Denver today. They end up finishing this season 48 and 34, 23 and 18 at home, 25 and 16 on the road. And they're matched up with the Warriors, who finished the season with a huge win in Portland today. They put up a ton of points in the win over the shorthanded Portland Trail Blazers. They secured their spot as the number six seed in the West. The Warriors finished 44 and 38. We should note this the Kings Warriors game one on ABC. The first time the Kings are playing a game on ABC since March 2007. It was Kings Suns that day. Mm-hmm. Eric Musselman was the head coach with the Kings. Wow. I remember that game because I was at that game. I was coming back from spring training, got to the game late, witnessed Mike Bibby drop nine threes on the Phoenix Suns to win that game. That was the last time the Kings played on ABC. Mike Breen, Mark Jackson on the call for that game. That's It's pretty wild. I mean... In this business, being in this business for that long at that high of a level, just incredible, too. Who? I just think about the broadcasters. They're talking about me. I thought you were talking about me because I was in the business. That, you were so, in the building. You weren't calling was, the game. No, I was not calling no, that game. No, I, was no. just, I was just there. Uh, Morgan, uh, there's so much to get to with this series, but 
first of all, yes. your initial feelings when you found out it was official because today was a wild ride. There was times where it was maybe even tracking that the Kings could be taking on the Pelicans. Yeah. Oh, could it be the Clippers? A lot of th different things, but it ends up being Kings Warriors, your first reaction, your first feeling when you had the time to think about, okay, the Kings are playing the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Well, great question because, no, I was on the post-game show and we were waiting and we were kind of padding until we knew who the Kings would be playing. I assume, even though I knew, even though I knew and I knew the odds were high for the Golden State Warriors, it never hit me emotionally until it was official, until I saw the Suns, Clippers score, game over, final score, and it hit me hard, Deuce. The way that I felt when I knew we were taking on the Warriors was pure excitement. And I was stunned because it wasn't like, oh man, this, oh no, this is going to be hard. It was just like, let's effing go. The, I don't get why I feel so much confidence but when i say confidence you guys it's not like oh the kings can tolerate the wires it's not that it's literally just wow i have confidence in this being such a fun series and that is what i want i want the kings to obviously win this series it is their first time in the playoffs in 16 seasons i want some damn good basketball in Northern California. I think when you look at the matchups that we know so far, this is the most intriguing first round matchup in the West. I mean, you can mention Suns Clippers. I'm moving on. Okay. Warriors Kings. Think about all of the storylines. One, 90 miles apart. Mm -hmm. Right. This close. Both teams are not going to have to deal with major traveling issues or anything like that. Down I-80 and back, not a big deal. Mike Brown used to coach there. Luke Laux. There, there's a lot of connections. Leandro Barbosa, who's on the Kings coaching staff, also coached on the Warriors. So there's that connection. You just have the fact that both these teams, Northern California with crazy-ass fan bases, very loyal fans. Yeah. You're going to see Warriors fans in Sacramento, and you're going to see a lot of Kings fans in San Francisco. The atmosphere is going to be wild, and you have just the defending champions who have done it year in, year out against a team that hasn't had success in this long. It's pretty wild that we are faced with some of these storylines, and I can't wait. It's special. I think that's what makes everything even more exciting are the storylines and how special it is. And you know what? Uh, one of my NBC coworkers today said something about like, oh man, fans are going to be crazy in both arenas. And I'm like, yeah. But the first thing I said was, you know what? But I like, when I say this, Kings fans, don't worry. I'm not too nice. I like Warriors fans. And when I say that, I think there's something about Northern California people compared to like Southern California people <laughs> that just people are a little nicer, even if they're more annoying and they're bandwagoners, whatever. It's just, I've never had a, a Warriors fan really be super mean to me. Just, you know, like the petty smack talk or whatever. Here's where we're going to pause. I'm, I said what I said about Warriors fans. There's no other love we give Warriors fans today. Okay. That's fine. But let me just finish that then. <laughs> I, I truly like, if I'm going to have someone in the building, I'd rather have it be Golden State Warriors fans because one, Kings fans are still 
What? Well, Kings fans are better than any fans, okay. but Kings fans are way better. So one, we beat them there at least, okay? And two, I'm not going to get bullied or harassed, and that makes me happy. Yeah, last Warriors-Kings game the other night when the yeah. Kings rested their starters, the Warriors fans were obnoxious that game, and that was a meaningless Annoying game. and obnoxious, yes. that's fine. Yes, no, I mean, it is, but it's not. I don't like it. It's But as long as they're not mean, I'm okay. Well, let's talk about this series because we talk about all the storylines, and I think... I even said it, like, out of all the first-round matchups, I didn't really want to see the Warriors. I don't think anyone should be excited about playing the defending champions who have done it. They've had their backs against the wall before, and they find ways to overcome it. Last year, I don't think many people ahead of time were predicting that they would win it all, and they did just that. This Warriors team has had an interesting year, and it started going back to training camp with a Draymond Green punch to Jordan Poole. Then you've had Steph miss a ton of time. Andrew Wiggins uh, miss a ton of time. We have not seen Andrew Wiggins play a game since February 13th. He's played 37 games this year. He had the personal matter with his father, and he could be coming back in time for game one. So there's so many things to go over with this game, and I actually went back and looked at some of the games and watched some of the games over the last couple of hours, skimmed through watching the first three matchups between the Kings and the Warriors. And it's kind of crazy to look back at some of them because they played three times in the first 12 games. I don't know how much you could really take from those games so early. Wait, and you just did that in between like the end of the game and now? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I watched some like, Fo I was seeing how they were defending Sabonis and Fox. And I went back and looked at some of the games. Well, how they finished. Yeah. Uh, what was so different? I mean, what's so different now than from when those games were then? Well, I, I think both teams are significantly different. One, the first game of the season that they played in October, Casey Akpala started for the Sacramento Kings. Okay, that's pretty different. And really, all the games they played with the exception of the last game against Sacramento have been close. Um, the Kings in that first game is kind of ugly, but they rallied uh, to cut it to six with about two minutes to play. Warriors end up... Let's go, go kill go kill that Killing. dog. Go kill that dog. I'm talking here. You're dead. No, what? Out of all times. Um, we were talking about the difference between yes. the teams then and when they played and now. And you mentioned Casey Akpala. Yeah, that game one that the Kings played, it was kind of falling apart for Sacramento. They ended up rallying to cut it to six with two minutes of play. The Warriors hang on to win 130 to 125. What was different is Kaziak Paula started for the Kings that game. Kaziak Paula is not on the team anymore. He didn't play a lot of minutes, but it just shows you kind of where the Kings were at early in the season. They were a new team together, trying to figure out chemistry, trying to figure out offensive flow. Someone else that did not play a lot of minutes in the first three matchups, Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles played like a combined like 13 minutes. Wow. In the first three matchups, and now he is seemingly a key cog coming off the Kings bench. Um, so the Warriors won that first matchup, 130 to 125. One interesting note, in those first three games, the Warriors started Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. I'd expect if Andrew Wiggins is back in time for game one, that will be the starting lineup. Okay, so that will look the same out of anything. It should, but that's where it gets interesting. Uh, going back to game two, 
Warriors beat the Kings 116-113 to 113 in San Francisco. The Kings led with two minutes to go. It was a close-ass game. Curry was outrageous. He had 47 points in the game, knocked down seven threes. That was a game where Kevin Herter got fouled by Klay Thompson at oh. the end, and they did not call a foul. They did not call the foul. But the Warriors escaped 116-113. to 113. Then the third game in Sacramento, the Kings won 122-115. to 115. Sabonis was a monster in that game. He had 26 points, 22 rebounds, 8 assists. Keegan Murray added 21 points, knocked down 5 of 9 from 3, and Fox had 22 points. And then these two teams met up just a couple of games ago in Sacramento, but that's not one you really care about. Kings did not play their starters, and the Warriors rolled. Um, your first thoughts on kind of what you think this series could be. Concerns, angles, mm. what's your vibe right now with this Kings-Warriors uh, series? Um, well, my initial vibe is this is going to... I could say it's going to be a shootout, but there's going to be a lot of threes attempted, right? <laughs> and you you look at both of these teams as number one and number two in offense in the league or points scored, poor, scored, poor game in the league or night in and night out, it's it's going to be some high-powered offenses. And when the Warriors play well, when they play focused, their offense becomes unstoppable. And you put the Kings defense there, that's a bad defense. But I, after all of that, Deuce, I go back to, wow, those Warriors, they keep turning the ball over. It doesn't matter who it's against. Doesn't matter if it's up against a bad defense, a good defense. They're not taking care of that basketball. Does that change for them? Because that not only is deflating for them, and that's what you want, but you got to be able to capitalize off of it too. Any mistake that they make. Yeah, I think that's going to be something to watch for sure. Can they tighten that up? Because they had the most turnovers in the NBA this year. And the Kings are so effective in transition. You get the Kings on the run with De'Aaron right. Fox pushing or Sabone is pushing, it's dangerous. They they get the defense off balance. They get the ball move, moving around, get the defense scrambling. They're so such a good shooting team. These two teams are really gifted offensively. The Kings were number one in offensive rating this year. The Warriors were 10th in de, uh, offensive rating this year. Yeah. So these are two really good offensive teams. I think, too, like defensively is going to be the key for the Warriors. The Warriors... We're 14th in defensive rating this year, but 7th after the All-Star break. Ooh. Sacramento is 24th in defense this year in defensive rating. They were 24th after the break, too. So, consistent. Hey. It's not very good. We know the Kings' defensive rating on the road is really, really good this year. So, that's a positive sign. I, I think with this series, one, I think Vegas is going to have the Warriors as the favorites, which is interesting a 3-6 matchup with the yeah. six seed being the favorites. Two, if I would have told you before the season Kings and Warriors would be playing in the playoffs, uh -huh. you would have thought it was like a 1-8, 2-7, oh. maybe maybe 3-6 with the Warriors being three, right? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure, playing was in my mind yes. at the beginning of the season for the Kings, yes. So, right now, you give the Warriors the edge. And I'm not, I think Sacramento can win this series. Yeah. But my biggest concern right now and the difference between these teams, the Warriors track record, sure. Steph's a great player. The, the difference to me is defensively. 
And with Wiggins coming back, he's going to have an extra week here to get ready for game one, sure. game two. I think with him, they get GP2 back. DiVincenzo's been really good. I think they have some weapons defensively that if they are locked in and that's, you that's know, the switch exists, yeah. then I think they can make life more challenging for Sacramento. But I think it should be acknowledged early in the season when the Kings were still learning each other, when Sabonis and Fox were still learning each other, Herder, you know, where Keegan Murray is at now compared to when he was coming off the bench in the first meeting, they're such a different team, a different flow offensively that maybe... It doesn't impact things and, as much. And that's it. I mean, you've seen growth from each and every game. And it doesn't matter if it's from your stars like Sabonis or Fox, or it's from your rookie Keegan Murray being aggressive and putting the ball on the floor, or Malik Monk really understanding how to control his chaotic energy. Kevin Herter, even if he's not shooting the best from deep, he sure as hell is making life harder for so many defenses with his off-ball movement and the way that he can hit a midi, right? I, there's just so much more there for the Kings offense than there was in the beginning of the season. And that's why whenever we talk about this Warriors team and their switch, which is absolutely something big that you factor in, I think sometimes we and a lot of people that cover this league don't really talk about what the Kings can do or have done differently throughout the season. And yeah, I think their offense might be altered at times when the Warriors defense is locked in and every guy is moving on a string, but they also did lose Mike Brown who made their defense better in the postseason, at least last season, especially when we saw it, when he had to switch back and forth from a zone to a man, um, just to make sure the matchup was working. Did the Warriors threw out so many different defenses yep. last year in the playoffs because of Mike Brown. And I think that's one area where the, the, the Kings are going to be prepared for this series. One, Mike Brown is just one of the most prepared coaches in the league, but he just knows this team. And I do think that matters. Like, it's not like, oh, he, he spent like a year with them. No, he spent a significant amount of time with Steve Kerr. He knows Steve Kerr. Mm -hmm. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. He knows how Steve Kerr thinks. He knows all those guys in the locker room for the Golden State Warriors. He understands their weaknesses. He knows how to attack them. Now, it's up to the Kings to go out there and execute it. I also would say, like, Mike Brown, from an experience standpoint, like, he's got the experience, not only with Golden State, but he's been in big-time games. He has coached big-time players. He has been a part of championship teams. The Kings coaching staff having the experience is going to matter a lot in this series because there will be adjustments from game one to game two. We know this. So I do think that factors in. The Kings are going to have a shot in this series. They will. 100%. It's going to be, it's going to come down to can they defend a little better? Yeah. And can they make sure that the Warriors don't get them out of their flow offensively? Yep. In the matchups this year, the first three early on, Fox got his. Fox averaged 25 a game against the Golden State Warriors this year. He did it efficiently, too. Uh, 25 points, 52% shooting, 33% from three, eight assists, just under four rebounds, and uh, 2.7 turnovers. He also had 1.3 steals. And then Sabonis, you talk about monster numbers. Sabonis averaged in three games against the Warriors, 21 points, 16.7 rebounds, six assists, 52% shooting, 
40% from three, 82% free throw line. Yeah. I mean, that those stat lines right there against this Warriors team should give you a lot of confidence at what they will be capable of even going up against a Warriors team in the postseason. And I think all those small details, though, are going to matter. Uh, everything from a crisp pass to boxing out Looney and not allowing him to grab an offensive rebound. Because those that's, moments... That's the huge one. Yes. Rebounding is probably one of the biggest things in this series. Yep. Because those guys will fly everywhere. Jordan Poole will seek out that basketball, crash the glass. I mean, DiVincenzo flies in there. Your point of emphasis needs to be put a body on somebody. And that's the scary... Not scary, but that is the always the interesting part about the postseason because it's not like Mike Brown is going to go down the line in his rotations, right? It's going to be a shorter a, a shorter uh, rotation when it comes to the roster. It usually is in the playoff, And it right? usually is. So it, th now you got to figure out who are the eight or nine. Well, that and that's what I'm saying. So once you do even figure that out, I mean – you really don't want to go deeper, so you can't just pull the whole, he's not doing what I need him to do. He's not doing... He needs to find a way to pull that out of him, out of them in-game. They need to figure out how to pull that out of themselves in-game. Yeah, I. it'll be interesting to see what his eight or nine guys are. I think we know, obviously, the starters. Then off the bench, you're playing Monk. Yeah. You're playing Mitchell. Yeah, defense. Yep. Especially the Warriors go small. Yep. You can use him in some of these smaller lineups yep, yep, too. Yep. Uh, Lyles? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's eight. The ninth one's going to be interesting if they dip into it. Like, who is that ninth? And is it Kessler Edwards? Is it Terrence Davis? Also, the other one that you throw in there is, does Metu get some run? Does Alex Len get some That's run? It. Or do the Kings go, no, we're actually, we know we've got Len and Metu. And Metu could probably get some run against smaller lineups against Golden State. Do they just go, you know what? We're going Trey Lyle small ball five. Uh, well, I think this is this is the series that you can do that with if you're going to choose to do that, right? Like, you don't need to go, we got to go Alex Len when Sabonis gets in foul trouble because we need, we need girth out there, right? We need a big body out there. I think when you have someone like Trey Lyles who is very – much capable he is strong enough he has shown that he is capable of playing uh that position it against so many different teams i think you could trust going with that yeah i do too and then it comes down to do you play kessler edwards or terrence davis i i feel like he'll go with kessler to start same the key with kessler is is he locked in completely defensively and he's shown some nice signs but I, I, I really do not trust his shooting at this point from the perimeter. He's just not consistent. He gets open looks. He does not knock them down. But if he can be another guy that's long, that can give some problems to this Warriors offense, then you're cool. You, you work with it. That's it. Deuce, we've seen Mike Brown coach a game before, or maybe even a couple. I mean, one, I forget which game it was, but I remember it was so obvious and specific that he was trying to find offense and wasn't looking for his defense right and so he wasn't getting any stops which actually would have created more offense in one of these games and I think when you look at someone like Davion Mitchell and Kessler Edwards there's going to be moments you have to trust that they are the ones that are going to disrupt on the defensive end which is going to help 
break down the Warriors offense and lead to something different. Now we're already talking about this with where we haven't even seen it yet, but at the same time, you know, that's coming, you know, those flashes come where you just can't get anything offensively. Steph Curry starts going off. What do you do? You need to stop them from going off. You know, obviously you need to score a bucket, but by stopping them will sometimes lead to sure. some good things. Uh, the Warriors, we, we've seen them go small. They'll go small in this series. When they played early on, they did play Curry, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, and Green. And during that scenario, the Kings had Fox, Monk, Herter, Keegan, and Sabonis out there. Sabonis, I feel like, is going to get his. And you saw it this year against them. But don't underestimate the strength of Draymond and Looney. Those guys may not. I, Sabonis can have his way, but those guys are physical. And Draymond is going to try to frustrate him. He's, you talk it. about playing physical in the regular season. Draymond's, Draymond's talked about this. Like he's He, he mentioned on that, uh, on a, what's the uh, the shop? Where they, I don't get up game for games in Sacramento. Yeah. Well, this is the playoffs. He's going to be ready to go. He's going to try to be so physical when match up with Sabonis. And when he is physical with Sabonis, how many times have you seen Sabonis yeah. being taken out of his game because he's frustrated? And he's not going to get those calls. I mean, most likely, he's not going to get those calls. We talk about how much more physical the playoffs are. Like, that's just going to happen, and Sabonis is going to have to play through it. Now, he's a tough guy. We've seen him play through it. Stay out of foul trouble. But when he does get frustrated, when he's mentally taken out of it, is when he starts making more and more mistakes. And just hopefully he can – I mean, he's a leader. I I trust that he will, but I also know that Draymond will do a good job of annoying the shit out of so many people. Yeah, but you know, Draymond can get – you know, baited too, right? Like Draymond could get frustrated too, which is another factor. I, I think one of the X factors for the Warriors in this series is Andrew Wiggins. With Without Andrew Wiggins, I was like, they're not even, I'm not considering them a championship contender because of what he does defensively. He was so important for them last year. Sure. And in three games against Sacramento, he was really good. 25, yeah. 25 a game against the Kings and his ability to be able to switch out on the Fox to defend bigger guys. You need him on HB. Sure. He can switch out and defend multiple spots. The question though, is just how much do you think he's impacted by not playing since February and he didn't have an injury. So that might help him, but he's not, he hasn't played basketball like, and he's not in basketball in shape. NBA games. You right. guys, you know, that's what, and that's, that's exactly it. Cause it's not like I'm, I'm sure there were lots of times he's using his resources and practicing on the side, but also when you're going through so many things that we don't even know about, like who knows if that was truly his main focus anyway. Um, being in basketball shape, is very different. We've talked about it so many times before. We just don't know where Andrew Wiggins is going to be, but I'm sure he's doing a lot right now to play catch up. And if he is not totally ready to go, that's going to impact the Warriors in this series, and that's going to help the Kings in a major way. I, I, I do think the fact that they got GP2 back is huge. It's just another guy they could throw out on Fox. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're going to need guys to be able to try to defend Fox. DiVincenzo has been nice for them too. So that'll be interesting to see. I, that's where I give them an edge in this series, a slight edge, just because 
of I think they can get stops when needed. And maybe I'm wrong. That's the other thing. We just don't know how the Kings are going to play in the playoffs. I think their offense translates to the playoffs. Yeah. The dribble handoff game. They're not just like, hey, we just run and shoot threes. No. They are so explosive with the off-ball movement. Two of The two teams that have the most dribble handoffs in the NBA, the Kings and the Warriors, a very similar style. Uh, yeah. And the Kings have shooting all around Sabonis and Fox. And the, the Warriors lead the league in assists per game. I mean, you know, like they're a team offensively that knows how to play the right way. So if you can do anything to disrupt that, great. But you know what the Warriors' defense is capable of, and that's where things obviously... Um, get a little bit scarier for the Sacramento Kings in the postseason. And another thing I wanted to say about the Warriors, though, hey, on the road, not a very good team this season. But you I feel like it's going to feel like a home game or something? No, okay, no not at all. Because I, I think that's the other thing. I think there's a lot of Kings fans who have this fear that Warriors fans are taking over Sacramento. I think there are going to be Warriors fans in Sacramento. There will but be. based on the secondary market if you go to StubHub right now if you're a Warriors fan do you want to spend $500 more per ticket potentially to go to Sacramento or just go to a home game at Chase it's cheaper right now to go to games at Chase Center than it is Sacramento right like it's one thing for Warriors fans to take over the Golden One Center when the Kings are bad or the final regular season game, when Kings fans are like, we're making the playoffs. I'm going to sell, make a ton of money on this game. It's yeah. near the end. Who really cares? I'll make some money. This is the playoffs. And I think a lot of Kings fans already purchased tickets. Now there's also some that could be purchasing and waiting to sell them until it they're, you know, they found out who the Kings are playing. And you know that the prices are only going to go up now for Kings warriors tickets in Sacramento. But I'm telling you, you I was looking today that the prices in San Francisco are substantially cheaper than in Sacramento to go to a Kings Warriors playoff game. So I actually think there could be a little bit of the reverse. I think you'll see some Kings fans who are priced out in Sacramento go, well, let's just, I'll just go to San Francisco. But to your point, going back to what you're saying about the Warriors road record. Yeah. The Warriors 44 and 38 this year, they are 33 and eight at home, but 11 and 30 on the road. Um, I don't put a lot of stock into that. How come? They've been without Wiggins. They Steph has missed a lot of games this year. I think they play different. I think they play different with all those guys back. I, I don't think they're as bad as their road record has indicated. I think there's also numbers that are just showing you post-All-Star break. It, and maybe some people don't put stock in the post-All-Star break numbers. But post-All-Star break... They're top 10 in both offensive and defensive rating. How do you not put stock into that? You know, I think yeah, I think I mean, that like a team learns so much about themselves and what they're, you know, what they're able to do throughout a season. And I think having post all-star stats and really looking at those for teams and for individuals is really important. Yeah. Well, I, that's where I look at them. They were eighth in offensive rating in the second half. I'm sorry, post-All-Star break, and seventh in defensive rating post-All-Star break. Kings remain number one in offense and number 24 in defense. Um, but I think the one Kings number that we've talked about a lot has just been the difference between this team at home versus the road. And can Sacramento, can Sacramento's defense be better than we think in the playoffs is kind of the next question. Because... We have seen the difference between this team at home 
versus the road. And it's like a substantial difference. And go back to that Pelicans game last week, right? Right. We saw that complete game from the Sacramento Kings on both ends of the floor. Can they do that on a consistent level? And the reason why we haven't seen it since then is most, well, we could have seen it. Wait, wait. The Dallas game, they could have played better. That was the only other game, right? Okay, so the Dallas game, they definitely could have turned it on a different level. But either way, we saw that, and now we ask, can they have that type of complete game again? We saw it throughout the season. Yes. Did we ever see it consistently? Maybe for a few streaks here and there, but it's something that they're going to have to learn what their switch is. They're going to learn um, what needs to drive them to that level and push themselves to a level maybe they've never even felt before. So the Kings on the road this year, number two in offense and number eight in defense. That's 41 games. That's half your season. They were second in offense and eighth in defense on the road. Okay. I mean, I don't think that's like just good luck. Oh, well, this guy was out or they got like, that's 41 game sample size. It's not seven. It's not 12. It's 41 games all on the road. Uh, At home, they're number one in offensive rating and 29th in defensive rating. And, you know, we, we heard Kevin Herter talk about this the other last week where he was just talking about before the Spurs game. He goes, yeah, we just weren't locked in. Like, we didn't know some of the guys. Maybe hard to get up. Maybe we took it for granted. I think that that's been a theme a lot this year. There's no excuse not to be up for a playoff game. There's no excuse for the Kings team to not be locked in, ready to go for a home game against the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs. You take this team lightly... Yeah, you're going to get your asses kicked. So I guess my question is, if they're 8th on the road in defense, 29th at home, if they're more locked in on the road this year, can they get more locked in at home and just be a better defensive team? If this team is better defensively and they could still produce offensively, they're going to advance in the playoffs. It could happen. And I, yeah, I, I, think, I think we want them to be, to be, we keep talking about what they can be defensively. We've yeah. seen it before, and I and I, I understand we want them to be at that level, but but it's the unknown, and that's where we sit here right. today. And it's just it's hard to be like, oh no, they could they they can be that team. Can they? I think they can. They've proved me wrong all season long. Uh, not only with the eye test, but with analytics and so many other things they've proved me wrong and so i shouldn't doubt that i just haven't seen it and that's where i stand again i know so many people hate that with playoff experience the kings don't have a roster chock full of players who have played the postseason kevin herter has demonis Sabonis has harrison barnes matthew delvadova who is hurt after having the uh, surgery um he's going to be around but then the coaching staff has experience um Trey Lyles has some playoff experience too. So they have some guys who have done it, but it, it's obviously a different game. And I'm, I'm really eager to see how someone like De'Aaron Fox does in his first playoffs. The first playoff game is going to be a weird one, right? Um, I think for some guys who have not played in a playoff game before, your first home playoff game, there is some nervous energy. Some guys thrive off of it though. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like Fox could thrive off of it. Keegan Murray could thrive off of it. I am interested to see what it looks like for game one. Yeah, I think we'll take notes on all these little things. Yeah. And it it will be fun, too, because even if 
even if it doesn't end in the way that you wanted it to end in game one, there's so many takeaways with how did he look with pressure on him? How did his energy look? Did he get ready and step up to play? And I think when, for anyone that might feel scared about like, oh man, so-and-so didn't play well. Is he ever going to play well in the playoffs? It's like first time around, first time around. You just got to make sure to always factor that one in um, when you're feeling doubt. Uh, Will Z put out a stat that was pretty interesting about the Kings and the Warriors uh, this year, or excuse me, the Warriors this year. That's pretty crazy. The Warriors opponent three-point numbers, home versus road. Their opponent three-point percentage in away games is 40%. Opponent three-point percentage in home games, 33%. That's 7.2% differentials, by far the largest in the NBA. Ooh, which is what? I think the Kings shot, I looked at it earlier, around 34%. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sent against Golden State this year. Okay. Of three. I was gonna say it's interesting too that the Kings shooting numbers are not as good at home as they have been on the road. But then again, that goes to defense being in the flow of things. Their defense. Either way, they're number one in offensive rating at home or it doesn't matter. They're really good offense, even if it's slightly down or whatever. Yeah, but they're also, I'm all I'm saying is like when you look at shot making, especially in the postseason, it's, there's just so much that depends on shot making, right? Not only with obviously putting, points on the scoreboard but just with the energy and how deflating it can be when you're not making a shot but then the defense is collapsing and not allowing you to create in the paint either we appreciate all you guys hanging out with us if you have not yet make sure to hit the thumbs up button make sure you're subscribed we're gonna have a ton of postseason content i see we have 500 plus people can we get to 300 thumbs up all that does by the way if you hit the like the thumb thumbs up it just helps our channel grow so more and more people see our content it's that simple hit the thumbs up make sure you're subscribed appreciate the super chats we've received today too let's get to some of these super chats a dash donate five bucks gonna be weird having mark jones commentate the kings on abc Uh, i think that's gonna be mike breen for that game Mm -hmm. uh fcc pw 2903 super chatted go kings by the way F those guys on ESPN. Okay, I don't know. Who? Who are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks for the super chats, guys. That is hilarious. <laughs> um, uh... it, it It's funny when we talk about, like, the X factor. We, we haven't even mentioned just, like, the Steph Curry factor, which is just... I, maybe it's just unspoken. He's great. I, the, I was watching him in the game where he scored 47. Fox looked lost defensively in that game. I think Fox has taken such strides this season defensively. Yeah. I don't think he's that same defensive player as he was early in the season. He's much better now. Defensively. Yeah, I just think he'll make Steph work a little bit more. I mean, we always look at his defensive stance. I mean, 
there's so many times he was like kind of straight up and it just, he was just at a bad position. The Kings had a lot of communication breakdowns early. Keegan with some rookie mistakes. I mean, and, and, and like you're saying, and now what looks so good is just not only the screen navigation from De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. but you're seeing it from other guys as well. Really understanding how they need to come over a screen, understanding the personnel of who they're defending. Oh, this guy shoots whatever from beyond the arc. Okay. I cannot allow any space. Oh, that person in the corner shoots this from beyond the arc. I have to make sure my foot is here and here and just understand the geometry of the floor. I think those things. Yes. I've definitely taken a step for the Sacramento Kings and, um, and hopefully they just understand what's at stake to bump that up an extra level. Uh, it should be noted as of now, according to uh, Jason Anderson with the B, uh, Mark Jones will be on the call for game one oh. of Kings Warriors on ABC. Thanks for the chat for pointing this out. It's going to be Mark Jones, Doris Burke, and Malika Andrews oh, in the building. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Oh, that's great because then Kendra Andrews will be there too. It's also great because Mark Jones knows the Kings, and so you'll have someone on the hey. – National television broadcast who knows the squad. And you know, my hero and my idol, Doris Burke, will be in the building. Hell yes. That's so cool. That is so awesome. Oh, oh, so happy. Yeah. Um, the, the curry factor is obviously one. Um, they're just look, they're the defending champs. And even if you don't think they're the same team as they have been in the past, I, I respect what they've built. And I think. That's why I keep going back to the X factor being Andrew Wiggins. If Wiggins is that guy where he could be what he was during last year's run, then it could be really challenging for the Kings. But, but if he's rusty, if he doesn't look like he's in shape, the other thing we should mention with that, let's say Andrew Wiggins is back. Okay. That messes with the rotation. Steve Kerr's not going to play all these guys. Sure. So he's going to have some decisions to make. Dante DiVincenzo has been really good for them lately. He's going to be playing, Deuce. GP2 has been really good. He's also going okay. to be playing. Kaminga. Okay. So Kaminga's probably not playing. Mean, you can Kaminga's- only play so many guys. I, you still have Jordan Poole, he, too. He understands that. So I, I'm just fascinated by some of those matchups. I'm wondering how often they're going to go small because... I think in some ways going small could help Golden State, right? Especially with Sabonis on the floor. Like yep. it, offensively, they could spread the Kings out. Sabonis moves better than I think people realize. But then on the other end, Sabonis can get his. Sabonis is oh, not afraid. Oh, he can go to work on anyone. We, we talk about, yeah, Looney and Draymond are physical, but I, I think we should also note that Sabonis doesn't back down from that. He, he wants to get through. physical. The key for him is to just stay composed when he's getting banged around. That's the other, I think, angle with the series I think fans are worried about, too, is just officiating, you know, like the the whistles benefiting the Golden State Warriors a little more. Be ready for it. I mean, like, set set yourself up. Set your mentality up for that, right? I know that sounds kind of stupid, but at the same time, it will be so annoying if that's all we're talking about after every single game. And I, I think we already know. In a lot of ways, that's going to be the case. In a lot of ways, people will be like, yeah, you know, it's a respect factor. It's that, that um, you know, that star power or whatever it is that's helping them get the call, which is just an absolute bullshit cop out, right? I, I don't, I don't care. Like, this is the playoffs. This is 
this is supposed to be a fair game that you want to see played. So we don't want to see that. If we are going to see that, whatever. Um, going back to what you were saying about Steph Curry being that X factor in this team being different, but at the same time still being able to produce at a high level, that's exactly it. What were they last year and found a way to end up being the champs? This season, how many times have you been like, I'm still afraid of the Warriors in some ways and what they can do in the Western Conference. And everyone kept telling me, it's a different team. It's a different team. I get that. But look how they they have the pieces to fight through it being a crappier team and not as good of a team and dealing with their drama. They have been there before, so they know how to push through those moments. But can the Kings be the team that ends the Warriors dynasty? Yeah, yeah and you can't you can't have the games that we've had this year where Mike Brown's talking about after, hey, we got out-hustled today. No. And someone, I think Wilson in the chat was just bringing up like how, you know, a GP2 knows one way. It's to play hard. It's to get in the guys physically. It's it, get, He's a pest. He's going to play the passing lanes. Mm -hmm. He's going to be all over you. DiVincenzo, he's going to crash the glass. Good rebounder. Looney, really strong rebounder. The, this whole gang rebounding thing has to be huge. Like, Keegan Murray, you're going to have to get some boards. HB, Kevin Herter. Fox has been really solid on rebounding this year. It's got to be game rebounding. You rely on Sabonis a lot because he's he leads the league in rebounding. He can't do it along, alone, especially with the amount of attention he's going to get in this series. The good news for Sacramento is, yeah, they're going to be keyed in on Fox and Sabonis so much, but the Kings have so many other weapons, and it's they're not they don't play a predictable style of ball. It's not like hey, they're just a pick and roll team. Let's go ISO mode. Fox can go ISO late in game. You need a bucket. He can do that. But with the dribble handoffs, whether it's Keegan, Herter, they get so much off-ball movement. I also think Kevin Herter has done a great job adjusting lately. Where, How about his his little midi shot? He, I mean, he's getting shots in the paint all the time now. Yeah. No, I mean, because he's moving without the basketball, right? It's like he's looking to score in different places on the floor, and you – who do you see do such a good job of that? I mean, Steph Curry. It doesn't matter if he's just running around, backdoor cut, rolling off a screen, curling off a screen. He finds a way to score on the floor no matter where it is on the floor. And I think Kevin Herter uh, has done a great job of trying to find elements of Steph Curry's game to put into his, especially as a shooter in this day and age in the league. Uh, we'll have much more coming up. We'll talk some more about this series and talk about the rest of the Western Conference matchups. We should mention that tonight's Night Chat, presented by our buddy Sean Stanfield over at guaranteedrateandrate.com slash Sean Stanfield. If you're looking for a house, um, Sean's your guy. Can I afford to buy a house? Oh. Well, I don't know why you're asking me. Don't ask Deuce. Ask Sean. So hit Sean up. Oh, should I refinance right now? I, again, I don't know why. Ask Sean. It could make sense for you right now. The best part is Sean and his team over a guaranteed rate. Uh, they've got all the solutions for you. They're going to break it down for you. They've got everything you need. Loan options, neighborhood market, current rate research. Just a few clicks away. All from your phone or tablet. You can also hit up Sean. Call or text him 916 276-7563. That's 916-276-7563 or go to rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. That's equal housing lender. Subject to credit approval. NMLS ID number 349707. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLSConsumeraccess.org. Thanks so much to our friends at Guaranteed. Right. Guaranteed.
Shakti. Rick. We spent so much time diving into the nitty and gritty of this series, and we're going to have all week to break this down. I know. With guests galore and all that stuff. How about the fact that we get to experience a Kings playoff game for the first time at Gold One Center? Yeah. What, what do you think that atmosphere is going to be like? Nuts. How? What's percentage Kings versus Warriors fans? Um, I'm going to say... I don't know. I'm going to say 80-20. I hope. That would be great. I just realized, too, because Mark is for sure on ESPN. I'll for sure be on the... Um, you guys are doing coverage still before the game and after games? Yep, yep. NBA playoff coverage? We'll be doing NBA playoff coverage. So you watch Mark on ABC, but before the game, check in on NBC Sports California. You'll be on before the game starts and after the game. Correct. Interesting. Correct. And then we have night chat. Okay. Okay, no. Um... Yeah, but first playoff game. I, I just think I think it's gonna be emotional for fans to walk in that building for the first time. I do you do you think I am interested how loud it's gonna get. We've heard that building get loud. Arco loud is just a different level with how that building was constructed sure. with the wood. You felt the Arco thunder. But I think this building has shown at times it can be really, really loud. I wanna know what it's gonna be like before the game. Well, my dad, I just talked to him after today's game and I was like telling him and my mom, aren't you guys so excited for Kings basketball? And, uh, my dad's like, do you have an earpiece for your other ear when you have the IFB in? Because you're not going to be able to hear in there. And I'm just like, dad, I have a double IFB. Yeah. I'm good. I've done this before, dad. <laughs> uh, it was cute though. It was just like, really, we were talking about the noise and what it's going to be. I'm excited for G-Man to call a playoff game for the first time since 2006, too. He's been with the team for 38 seasons. You deserve he's it. Been, it's been so long since he called a playoff game. We haven't really... We kind of dove right into the playoffs, which is fine. Yeah, we did. How about just taking a brief second, same with the chat, appreciating what just went down in this 82-game season. I mean, we saw Fox and Sabonis become All-Stars. Keegan Murray hit over 200 threes, the most by any rookie. Your head coach is likely the coach of the year. Monty's going to have a great chance to win executive of the year. And you're hosting a home playoff series against the Warriors. I don't think anyone would have predicted this before the season. No. Do you have a favorite moment? What was your favorite moment on TV? You guys mentioned this today. My, I I had a few in, um, I know you had the Mavs game. I'll let you talk about that. I had, uh, G-Man winning the Depog chain and mm. then also Clippers, Kings, double overtime win for the Kings, 176 to 175. That was great. Malik Monk, 45-point career high game and De'Aaron Fox with the 42-point game. It was, uh, that game was special and magical and it just was one of those ones that showed the NBA like, oh, they're real. Ian in the chat said that that, Clippers game 176-175. Same with Mr. Turtle. Yeah, that was a big game, too, because the Clippers had their guys. Yeah. Kawhi had that epic quarter where he 21 the yep. third. You took punches. That was... It was wild. It was. You lost a bonus late in that game. Remember that? Oh, yeah. No, you dealt with some adversity and just, like, mm. just kept going. Found a way to get the W, and they've done that so many times this season. And it wasn't like every time that you were saying that, Deuce. It's not like you were saying... 
oh, like they were playing so crappy, then they had to find a way to get out of the hole that they dug. It was a lot of times there was competitive, good basketball, and they still grinded it out to get the W. A couple of good candidates, too, from the chat. Tom says that 19-0 run in Cleveland to end the game. Yeah, that yes. game where Fox did not play. Uh, Donovan Mitchell did not play in that game either, but the Kings closed the game on a 19-0 run to win in Cleveland. That was big time. And so, that was on a good defense, by the way. Someone else mentioning the TNT game against the Nets, Aww. which was like TD's big moment. Yeah. The beam got some love on TNT. That was cool. I, I went to the Dallas game. It was the first game with Luka and Kyrie. And if you remember, everyone was so excited to see it, right? Everyone in the NBA talking about it. What's this going to be? Oh, man, this is a good chance. The Mavs are going to go past the Kings. It was a classic game. It was the loudest I had ever heard that building. Plus, I was on pre and post game with Morgan, so I thought it was really fun. Yeah. But also, De'Aaron Fox had 36 points in that game. I think that's what it was. But 26 in the fourth quarter and overtime combined. He had 26 in the final 17 minutes. They lost a bonus in the game. Fox like, get on my back. Let's go. And he won them that game. And oh. Dallas was really never the same after that. No. And that was magical. That was... That was a really one of those really cool games to be obviously doing yeah. with you but just like you felt the buzz in the building and the buzz was for Luca Kyrie what are they going to look like and the buzz shifted to holy shit the kings are so special just insane insane game and i'm really excited to see what kind of moments we get in the playoffs hopefully we get some classic moments do you do you, are you going to ever make a prediction for this series? I can't do it yet. I'm Th not there. Okay, yet. thank you. And no, I don't need to. I don't need to. Why do I need to? Let me ask you this. What? Be 100% be, be real. Right okay. Now. Can you see a way the Kings win this yes. series? Wow. Not you said that with confidence. Because, no, because you guys, and, and I totally can. Yeah. I can too. I'm it, with you. I agree. Like it's not I just a, a, like a, yeah, I'm a Kings fan. I'm going to say yes. It's like, I totally see that there's a way. Now we can get two games into this and I'd be like, oh my God, why did I even say that? But, um, but yeah, as of right now, yeah, I don't see why not. Like, I think they, they have a special product, a special team, culture, coaching staff. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Um, we'll have so much more on this series coming up this week. We should mention the rest of the West. Yes. The Nuggets are going to play a play-in team. They'll find out later this week. The Grizzlies will take on the winner of the T-Wolves and Lakers play-in. You got Kings, Warriors, Suns, and Clippers. The play-in games, you get nine, the Pelicans taking on the 10-seed OKC, and then the Lakers take on Minnesota. Um, can we just talk about what went down Today between Rudy Gobert and his teammate. I've been waiting for this since it came out. This, I love drama and I especially love it when it has to do with another team. So they start talking uh, during a timeout and Rudy Gobert gets pissed, punches <sighs> Kyle Anderson in the chest. Then he backs up like a coward and Kyle Anderson's like, all right, I'll calm down, calm, calm down. Uh, it got so bad, by the way, that... They sent Rudy Gobert home at halftime. Oh, by the way, in that game, Jade McDaniels punched the wall, fractured his hand. A key piece for the Minnesota T-Wolves. Fractured And now they have hand. to play, who do they have to play? The LA Lakers. 
But Woj had some interesting things too in the aftermath of all of this. And then I have to play something that I'm not entirely sure is real or not, but we're going to play it anyway, just in case. <laughs> yes. I knew this deuce was still here. Woj says Minnesota's go bear escalate a verbal argument to a physical encounter after Kyle Anderson told him to shut the F up, bitch. This disagreement started with Anderson telling Gobert to block some shots, Gobert telling him to grab a rebound, and it ended up with a punch and Gobert getting sent home. Gobert then later sent an apologetic text to teammates in a group chat, according to Mike Conley. Quote, we'll speak about it and move on. We're grown men. Um, Gobert went on the tweet later today. Emotions got the best of me. I should have reacted the way I shouldn't have reacted the way I did, regardless of what was said. I want to apologize to the fans, organization, particularly Kyle, who is someone I truly love and respect as a teammate. Um, okay. Now, someone is suggesting there is some leaked audio about what happened at halftime. Um, and this is not good if this is true and leaked out. This, Th- this is- would be from a T-Wolves employee. Let's, uh, let's take a listen to this. Uh, this was at halftime of the game, so you won't be able to see anything. Let me unmute. Okay, so apparently that is the voice of Kyle Anderson, and it's being spread around there on social media right now. Um, a lot of people are talking about it. So, y'all kiss his um, ass far too much. I'm sorry. The T-Wolves, who are trying to be in the playoffs. The T-Wolves, by the way, getting ready for a playing game. On the final game of the regular season, you got Gobert throwing a punch? In the huddle? That's insane. How do you how do you come back from that? How, well, if you come back from that. I mean, it really depends on do they really like each other? Do they really respect each other? Because that's the easiest way that you come back from anything, right? I, I think a text that just says like my bad let's move on isn't always going to be the only thing that needs to happen but at the same time like oh my god bojack but at the same time i'm sure that they're going to have a conversation and communicate like you're you're getting upset right now because bojack <laughs> won't shut the it's okay up. it's okay He's barking at a dog. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Um, I'm going to punch him just like Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson. <laughs> oh, I can hear him. <laughs> oh, my God. Either way, it's just not a good look on the final game of the season. And I think if that audio really is true, like even Kyle Anderson talking about like y'all kiss his ass far too much. Well, here's the other thing about this, Morgan. You've made a huge mistake making this trade. This is, you gave up so much to get Rudy Gobert and you're a play-in team. Now you have this stuff going on? Yeah, it's it's. What pretty, do you do? I mean, it's just, it's not a cute look all around. Everything that's been going down all season long with them. I mean, from the beginning when you saw Rudy Gobert and Kat out there on the floor and Anthony Edwards just like in the corner shrugging his shoulders like I'm open I'm open there's just not a culture in place 
And I think it's because they lost Patrick Beverly. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> By the way, that was not the only team that had issues today. Plumley and <gasps> Bones Highland face to face and shove each other on the bench. What is yeah. happening? And people are getting their uh, anger out before the playoffs, I guess. But Bones Highland and Plumley, two newer teammates, right? Mason and Bones were acquired. At the deadline, Plumley yells at him. They go nose to nose, Highland with the shove, and then they are separated. Insane. Dude, I, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I've had some intense moments with teammates over the years, but I feel like in the NBA, when you're at this high of a level, I get things can be intense, but also what could be that intense on the final game of the season? One. One, like that, like what has built up to that moment Two, you're, you're, you're at the the top of the top. You know that there's cameras galore, all the other things factor in that many emotions come over you that you feel the need to get into it with a teammate. It's crazy (laughs) that it happened twice today. By the way, that, that the T-Wolves thing, Kat was just like sitting there too. Like I did. What was Kat doing? Are you going to stop that? You're just going to let that. What? What? No, what? Explain what? Are you being a little cat hater right now? I noticed that. He's in the middle of it. He's the leader of the team. Like, what are you saying? Is he, though, the leader? That's, like, is he the leader? He's supposed to be? Like, I don't know. Why are you defending cat? (laughs) What's your How are you even defending that? Like, that's not even a thing. What? My... My Cape own. for cat right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're a cat person. Go no. ahead. Go, tell me why that was the right move. This by is cat. Deuce's worst nightmare. This is ridiculous. I am not. I am not standing up for cat. I am just. I am pushing back a little bit on what you're saying that cat should have been the one okay. to step in between okay. them. Here's it. I don't even get how this is a thing. If you're on a team and you're in the middle and there's two of your teammates getting in there, you don't just sit there. It doesn't matter if you're the so-called leader or not. Two of your teammates in the middle of a game are going at it. My you point, say calm down. Can I tell you? The reason why I'm not shocked, I think it speaks volumes about Cat. Okay, that's my point. Yeah, but that's, what, that's like, what my point. What are you point. doing? That's my point why I'm not shocked. Like, seeing him like that, I, I, when I saw it, I giggled and was like, yup, Yep. There wasn't a moment of what you're saying that came over me. I see. Because my expectations are so low for him. Is that good enough for you too? Fair enough. <laughs> uh, in the chat, Uncle oh Richard God. says, that door just opened and closed behind you guys. Yeah. Oh? Yeah. It's dogs. Dogs. Uh, people are criticizing Cat in there, saying Ant is the leader. Um, yeah. That was a rough, rough look. Um, Deuce looking like uh, Rudy. Moe's looking like Kyle right now when we were just going at it. That's a good one. Um, also, shout out to Bra who donated 50 bucks saying, this is Darren from Midtown Clothing. Thanks for all the support. Dude, absolutely. Appreciate Thank you so you. much. Um, also, in the chat, someone was mentioning, are you serious? It's going to be 60% Kings fans, 40% Warriors fans. I mean, if you, you think that, I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think it's going to be as crazy as it been it has been in years past but it is it's just different too right like it's it's easier than ever for fans to get access to opposing tickets so people can do that i just think tickets are just more expensive in san francisco compared to sacramento yeah uh, and, and i i uh, i feel like there's a lot of kings fans that are 
I've been waiting for this moment kind of yeah. thing. So they don't want to sell their game one. It might be different game two. Um, so then they make all their money back, which I don't agree with, but it could happen. Um, let's check in because this is a first time for Nick. Oh, he is here. He is live with us. The Kings are getting ready for the playoffs. Hi, Nick, Ducemo. Uh, Nick, happy Easter. Happy Easter, Ducemo. I just want to say, you know, the Kings are in the playoffs. I'm excited for the Kings to play the Warriors. But you know what? Let's go. Aww. We play the Warriors. Let's go. Do, do you think the Kings are going to win, Nick? Well, we lost today, Deuce. We lost today, Deuce Mason. But you know what? We didn't win today. We got to play. We got to play the next game. I know, but, you but know what? do you think they're going to beat the Warriors? I have to say, ninety percent, the Kings are going to beat the Warriors. Ooh, you know what? He's I, positive. I don't like that, Nick. Why? No, that's the wrong answer. Oh, hi. That's uh, my mom. Oh, hi, hi Nick. Hi, hi Nick's, Nick's mom. mom. Uh, hi. Nick, that's the wrong answer. Oh, no. What? The answer should be, why not beat the Warriors? Ooh. Okay, why not beat the Warriors? No, what? say it with your chest, yeah. Nick. Why not beat the Warriors? Say it so everyone at your Easter Sunday can hear you. <laughs> No. no, do okay, it. Okay, yes, mom. yes, why not yes. Beat Nick's mom said no. She goes, no, no, no. <laughs> Nick, why not beat Steph Curry? Why not beat Clay Thompson? Why not send the defending champions home in the first round of the NBA playoffs? Send them home. Send them back in. Send them back to San Francisco. Yes. Let's go. Give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Nick? Well, I'll be sitting outside watching the game on the big screens. So right, you better man. believe it. I, I will believe it, and you better be loud out there. Yes. All right. <laughs> you, you get anything for Easter? Well, I got, we went Easter, hang on, ding. I got money for Easter and candy. Oh, my gosh. That's a good Easter. Yeah. And you got a little Kings playoff run against the Warriors sprinkled in there, huh? I also got a gift card for the NBA team store. All right. Well, I'm happy for you. Okay, Nick? <laughs> okay, do some more, do some more. All right. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All right sleep dreams. Sleep, sleep dreams. dreams. There's, there's oh, Nick checking in. Happy so Easter. cute. So, so cute. cute. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the 90% from him. I needed him to... I mean, Nick's only honest, and he was feeling 90% sure. Deuce is being hella nice because Nick's mom is there. I when is he not I'm nice? Always nice. If anything, just more appropriate or like <laughs> what? No, I told him to scream it. <laughs> that was funny. She's like, no, 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 Nick, no, no. Did she say no? Are yeah. you sure? Oh yeah, I heard her say no. Okay. But she's just like, no, no, like please no. <laughs> she's probably used to Nick being really, really, really loud. So I, I don't blame her at all. <laughs> um. We talked about, I think that Wiggins is the X factor for the Warriors. Do you have an X factor? I know we talked about this last week when we did the Daily Show, but, you know, Malik Monk's an interesting one to me. I think Malik Monk is, is a big-time X factor for the Kings because when he is ready to go off the bench, his ability to create the pick-and-roll game with Sabonis, what that can open up, setting up Sabonis. And I saw that in the brief moments I watched back Kings Warriors yeah seeing Monk and Sabonis and what that creates together 
how important do you think Monk is? And is he your X factor? Do you have one? I, I mean, I, I guess I would say Malik Monk. And I think just because to what he brings with his energy, there's going to be moments that they need that spark. And that's something that you could be like, oh, well, they can get that from Terrence Davis. We don't even know if TD's going to be in the rotation as of right now. And I, I think that's, I'm saying that way too quick because um, we just don't know how Mike Brown's going to go against this matchup necessarily. But either way, it's got to be Malik Monk bringing that energy. And then I'm not saying this as an X factor, but Keegan Murray has got to be aggressive. He has got to be aggressive. And when I say aggressive, I, I think defensively, I know he's capable of being aggressive, but offensively, he's got to be uh -huh. physical and go through some bodies. They're going to test him. How yeah. about, can, I know we didn't talk about the Kings win or loss in Denver today. Huh. How about his dunk today? Oh, my. Oh, when he backdoor cut, Alex Len dropped a little mm. pass to him. He threw that down and he's capable of doing that. Do it more. Do it more, please. In the chat, Cole says, Lyles at the five is my X factor because we probably won't be able to play Len much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you start going down the list, like, yeah, we need all these guys. And you're, it's going to be have to be a total team thing, obviously. Uh, in the chat, someone says, GP2 will be the X factor for the Warriors. I think um, I, think I know what he's going to bring. And so I don't know if it's the X factor. I just think he's going to impact things for what sure. What about Dante DiVincenzo? I think sometimes he can, one, go off. I, I don't know what his numbers were against the Kings. I don't know if you saw anything like that when you were watching back at the three games. But defensively, and when it comes to his offensive rebounding, and just, I mean, rebounding in general for a guard, he flies. He flies. He, you, you can't even find his body to put a body on him because he's so quick at getting to that board that I just, those moments are so deflating to any team. And if you've got to match them and who's going to be that guy that matches his rebu rebounding ability as a guard. Yeah. He averaged against the Kings this year, nine points, four assists, four rebounds, you know, nice numbers off the bench. Not playing a ton of minutes, but, you know, he can be impactful out there. He's just a good player and a guy who's been there. Like, he knows, he understands the moment. Like, he's played on playoff teams before. He knows what his role is, and he can hurt you. Um, they just, these two teams offensively have a lot. To, again, I'm just going to keep going back to what we saw defensively from this group. And if the Kings can bring the defense, or at least somewhat better defense at home they're gonna have a shot golden state's gonna make their lives tough but golden state makes mistakes is golden state locked in in game one ready to go on both ends are they gonna be sloppy are they gonna lead the end be the team that leads the nba turnovers like they did that's those are all the big questions don't get in that hole in the beginning of a game if you're the kings too because when you do that against a team like the Warriors, i know the nba game of runs you see a team go down by 20 there's a way to always climb back out of it but like being put in that position against a good team, a team that has been there before, a a team that has won championships, um, it's just it's just like one little mistake that you don't want to be doing. Okay, so we've talked about this series. You know the rest of the West series right now, at least of what we know. Um, in the East, you've got Bucks taking on the winner of Miami Atlanta's play in, Boston taking on the play in winner, Sixers, Nets, Cavs, Knicks, Raptors, and Bulls are in the play in along with Miami and Atlanta. I think the most intriguing series in the first round is Cavs, Knicks. I was going to say Cavs, that. Cavs, Knicks. 
How you got the Donovan Mitchell angle. Yeah. Well, you, you got that. And then the matchup that we saw between those two teams earlier, I remember being uh, a fun game. And I can't remember which game it was, but I remember it being just a, a fun performance from both teams. And I think you look at the Cavs and just what a great defensive team they are. Um, bringing that in a series is just so fun to see what a, a team that has Jalen Brunson can do against a defense like that. The key is going to be, is Randall going to be ready to go in the series? Of course, he's been out with the injury. Could be back for game one. And that's that's the benefit of staying out of the plan, right? Like, I think that's another cool thing for Sacramento with how tight the West is in a way, if you were like in the number two seed, you don't get a lot of time per to prepare for your opponent. No, the Kings know today who they're playing. I thought about that too. Like, yeah, for, uh, even, uh, the nuggets, it's like, oh, you're not going to find out until what Friday. That's cra That is crazy that you don't get, even though you know what, they're capable of, but still to be able to set a game plan for an entire week leading up to that first game for the Kings. I love that advantage. We're going to have it covered, man. We're going to be on a lot. So make sure you're locked in. You're su subscribed to this YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash at deuce and mo. Also, you could find us on the Apple podcast or Spotify. We're going to have a ton of content throughout this Kings and NBA playoff run. We appreciate you guys hanging out today. We love you guys, but we got to go. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and sleep well, knowing that the Kings are in the playoffs. Let's go. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.